0: I'll make a deal with you. You listen real fast, I'll preach real fast. All right? I feel like I heard somebody say that recently. Thought that was good. You listen quick, I'll preach quick. If I preach slow, it's because y'all are slow listeners. So. Uh, now, I'm going to say something, and I, I just say a lot of stuff. You don't have to listen to everything I say. If I preach the Bible, you probably ought to listen. But I have opinions. Mark and Katie probably won't like my opinion, but you know, you always could just move to Georgia, Miss Pat. <laughs> well, of course, the whole you know, whole bunch could just come down to Georgia. You know, it'd be even better. Oh man, I will say this, half kidding uh, and half serious, and I just say this: uh, I when I came here, when I came here. God, God sent me here and I, I told the Lord I don't want to go to church where God's not at and so Lord if we're going to go here would you, would you come here and God, I don't want to raise my kids in a place where God don't, where God's not at and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad it was worth the packed bags and the moving from home and family and land I missed out on a few things I missed out on one on one time with my grandparents all the time and, and my parents Missed out on some things, but I've been able to raise my family in the presence of the Lord, and that's that's valuable to me. Here's the deal: I'll see my grandparents again. I'll have all eternity to spend with them. Amen. I've been able to live and raise my children in the presence of the Lord, and that's 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 uh, you can't buy that with money. Amen. All right. I'm gonna take you to John chapter three this morning. John chapter three and uh, verse 11. I don't have a title. Uh, I really don't even have a good outline. I just jotted down a bunch of notes all week long and compiled them together this morning. Uh, John chapter three, I'm gonna try to, honestly, I'm gonna try to keep you not too long. And if you need to go to the restroom, uh, you know, try not to make a spectacle, uh, but, but don't sit there and suffer and don't hear anything all morning long. Just sneak out, and go to the restroom, and while I'm praying, sneak back in. You'll be all right. I would rather you do that than, than sit there, and the only thing you can think of is I got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. All right? So help us and go on. If you got to, to the restroom, come back. And um, I, we we won't have service tonight, but give me a little bit to preach this thought this morning and we'll go to the house, all right? John chapter 3, verse number 11. Thank you for being here this morning. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? This is... Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. I want you to pay close attention to verse number 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, I want you to hold your place there if you... Uh, if you can, and, and, and go one more place this morning, the book of Numbers, uh, all the way in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers, or is it Numbers, Deuteronomy? Numbers, Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Uh, chapter 21 this morning. Numbers chapter 21. Now, I told you to pay attention, verse 14, John 3, even... Or as, the son, or as Moses, rather, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's read the context of the story that Jesus uses to illustrate Calvary to Nicodemus. Uh, Numbers chapter 21, verse 1. And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell, that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Isn't that, isn't that like us? One great victory, ask God to do something big. God does what we ask Him to do. And then in the very next breath, they are discouraged at the provision of God and become disobedient with God. Isn't it amazing how in one moment you can be on the mountain and in the next moment you can be in the valley. One moment you can live in victory and the next moment you can live in defeat. Verse five, and the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? for there is no bread. Now that was a lie. That was not a true statement. We're about to read uh, that that's a lie. They said, for there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. I thought you said there was no bread. I thought you just accused God of starving you to death, not providing for you, and they said there is no bread, and we don't like this bread. But there is bread. Uh, Verse 6, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us, and Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8, and the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. Notice God don't take the serpents away. He don't take the snakes away. He does not take the judgment away. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a solution in the midst of the judgment that's here. I'm going to give you a remedy, a way out of the predicament that you're in. And Moses, or the Lord said unto Moses, verse 8, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Lord Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for the word of God. Now, we ask you, God, that you would touch us and help us the next little bit. God, help me be mindful of the time. God, help me not keep the people, Lord, longer than their attention uh, can hold and longer than their uh, seats can stand. God, help us this morning. God, help me to preach it quickly and accurately and uh, filled with the Spirit of God, I pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All the Lord's people said, amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, I, I want uh, uh, just, to just introduction quickly this morning. I will be mindful of the time, I promise uh, that I will this morning the best that I can uh, to deliver this and try to cut some of the, uh, cut some of the uh, uh, fat off of the me- uh, message this morning, just give you uh, as quick as I can. But uh, Jesus in John 3, it is our, uh, one of the great anthems, one of the great texts of the Bible, of course they're all great, uh, but one that we often go to and we know we're familiar with, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means you, that means me, and that means them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is anybody in here this morning grateful? And I believe you are to be a partaker of everlasting life through the Lord Jesus Christ. This text is given to us Uh, because of a conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a religious man. Nicodemus is a, a Pharisee. He is religious, but he's lost because all of his salvation is wrapped up in who he is what he can do and what he has done. He's proud of his bloodline. He's proud, and it's all right to be, but he's basing his salvation on his lineage. He's proud of his actions, of his deeds, of his works, and of his religion. And then Jesus shows up one night and talks to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is afraid to talk to Jesus in the light of day because he don't want anyone to know that he is interested in having a conversation uh, up behind closed doors. Now I want to say to you, I'm glad this morning God will talk to you in the light of day. But I'm glad this morning that God will talk to you in the cover of night. Wherever you are, God will talk to you if you're interested in talking to him. And he talks to him in the cover of darkness, in the cover of night, and he makes this profound statement that just rocks Nicodemus' world. He says, Nicodemus, I want you to know that you must be born again. Nicodemus, the first birth brought you into this world a sinner, the first birth brought you into this world in trouble, you are a sinner and ye must be born again. And that blows Nicodemus' mind. How can I being born already be born again? Do I enter again into my mother's womb and and, and go through the birthing process all over again? And Jesus said, marvel not. Marvel don't be amazed that I say unto you, you must be born again, and then he begins to teach him uh, what he means, that there must be a new birth. Your first birth didn't make you fit for heaven. Your religion has not made you fit for heaven. Your works has not made you fit for heaven. The only thing that will make you fit for heaven is you placing your faith uh, in the only one who ever has been fit for heaven, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ that Nicodemus, in fact, was looking upon at that very moment. And he marvels, he don't understand, how can this be? What Jesus has just said to him is unbelievable, It is unreceivable and it is unachievable as far as Nicodemus is concerned. He does not get it and so Jesus says, well let me tell you a story about something that you'll understand. Let me tell you a story about something you already know. You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've been taught about it. Let me remind you and He takes him to Numbers 21 and he says, do you remember when Israel sinned against God and God in his anger Judged them. God judges sin. Oh, by the way, He still does. And uh, you don't want to live in the judgment of God, uh, especially that that is coming. He said, Do you remember when Israel murmured against God, complained against God? And so God, in His judgment, sent fiery serpents. And those serpents came and those serpents bit the people and many of the people died. And he said, do you remember what God's remedy was? He said, I want you to make a serpent. I want you to put it on a pole. I want you to stand it up in the camp. And I want anybody who is bit by a serpent, I want them to look. All they got to do is look. They don't have to do anything else, but I want them to look at that serpent on the pole made of brass. And if they'll look at that snake on that pole, he said, they'll live and they'll be cured of their snake bite. He said, is that not unbelievable? Is that not unreceivable? And is that not unachievable? But Luke said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. That is a hard thing to realize. You mean all I gotta do is look? I've been bit by a snake. All I gotta do is look at a serpent on a pole, and I'll be healed? He said, but yet y'all believe that. He said, now I'm trying to tell you uh, if you'll look unto me, if you'll look unto Jesus, if you'll look unto him, uh, the author and finisher of our faith, you can be saved and healed of the snake bite of sin. That's the story he illustrates. Uh, I want to give you about three things this morning quickly. I want you to notice in Numbers 21, first of all, the reason Uh, The reason that Israel is in judgment, and that is simply this, disobedience. They are disobedient in their disobedience. They've not honored God. They've not heeded God's warning, and they've not not held God in regard. They are disobedient. I guess we could call disobedience that three-letter ugly word that we all hate. It's sin. It's sin. Israel is in trouble because of sin. Sin has brought them to rebellion. Sin has brought them to separation from God. And God said, as always God does, sin has to be judged. As a matter of fact, you can really see the plan of salvation right here in Numbers 21. Israel sins for all, Romans 3.23, for all have what? sinned and come short of the glory of God. Israel sins in Numbers 21 and because of that, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now we have Romans 5, 26. For the wages of sin is death. Israel sins, they rebel against God and so in judgment God sends these serpents and these serpents are all in the camp, millions of Israelites and the serpents are biting them and they are dying. The wages of sin is death. Uh, As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve met a serpent in the garden and because of that serpent that they met in the garden, all this is a type, all of this is a picture, because of that serpent that they met in the garden and man plunged into sin uh, and humanity plunged into sin, men have been bit by the venom of sin and the serpent ever since. And when they sin, uh, there's the reason for this judgment and the result of this judgment is death. The reason is sin, the result is death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And I want you to know this morning that you and I are not exempt from the snake bit of sin or the snake bite of sin. We are sinners and because of our sin, the wages of sin is death. Sin's killing us and one day it'll finally kill us and if you die without Jesus, you'll die and go to hell and experience the second death. What an awful, what an awful picture in Numbers 21. I want you to imagine it with me for a minute. I mean, think about it. Don't just read through and think, well, I don't like snakes, so I'm not going to consider the text. I mean, think about it. You, you have millions of Israelites and they are camped. And in this camp, these serpents from God, God has sent these serpents and he said, all right, you've sinned, we're gonna deal with the sin. You don't wanna confess it, so God sent judgment. And, and God has a right to do whatever God does. And I promise you this much this morning, the, the sentence of hell is much worse than the sentence of a snake bite. And all in this camp, these serpents are here and men begin to get bit and children begin to get bit and women begin to get bit and they don't have the doctor or the hospital. There's no antidote for this. And so people get bit and they swell up and then they begin to lose their ability to breathe and they're dying all around. I mean, judgment has come to the camp of Israel. Judgment has come to the people of God. And I want to tell you something this morning with all sincerity that I can. You can play games with God all you want to. You can play religion all you want to. But judgment is coming. You say, Preacher, God's a gracious God. Absolutely he is. Because in wrath he remembers mercy. But you'll not throw your hand up uh, or your fist up in the face of God and reject his son. uh, Except that judgment comes. Judgment is coming and judgment is here in Numbers 21 and these individuals, these family members, these friends, these neighbors are being bit by snakes and death is looming. And you know it's just a matter of time that I'm going to get bit by a snake. Can you imagine sleeping? Knowing the stories of, man, my my child was asleep the other night and a snake crawled into our tent and bit him. He's gone. Imagine being a child laying there and thinking, well, I can't go to sleep. I've got to look. I've got to listen. And, and, and the fatigue and the is anybody seeing the picture with me? And 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 so and so the, the fear that, that now has come because of sin. The sin has brought on fear. Now, now they're afraid to live in the day. Now they're afraid to live in the night. Oh, I'm reminding myself of what it was like before I got saved. I was afraid of the daytime and the nighttime. Somebody help me right there. Afraid to get in the car because you, I mean, when you get under conviction, you're afraid to do anything because you're about that close to hell. But thank God you're about that close to heaven if you'll trust Jesus. He's living in fear. Notice the funerals. I mean, just one right after another. Sin has wages. For all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. This, they experienced this death on every hand, this feeling. They couldn't dig the, the graves quick enough to bury the dead. Thousands bit. I have no idea how many. I have no idea how many. Maybe there's another place in the Bible and I may need to study a little more and find out. But I know many were bit and died to the point they said, God, we, you've got our attention. Sometimes God will let things happen in your life to get your attention. And they said, God, you got our attention. We've messed up. We've sinned. And they confessed their sin. Hallelujah for the day that man confesses his fault. He confesses his part in the equation. He confesses that he is a sinner that has messed up. And they said, God, we have sinned. Would you do something to help us? And So we see the reason for this judgment. We see the result of this judgment death all around in fear and anxiety and that's what's plaguing our society today death fear murder anxiety all the things it is a result of man's sin but oh I want to tell you this morning we see the remedy of this situation god said all right I tell you what to do I'm not going to remove the snakes I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to keep the snakes from biting people. See, this remedy did, did not remove the snakes. They were still going to have to live in the world with the snakes, and they were still going to get bit by the snake. But he said, Here's what I'm going to do Moses, I want you to make a, a pole, and I want you to make it of brass, and I want you to take a, 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 a make a brass snake, put it on that pole, and I want you to set it up where everyone can see it. And he said, anyone who gets bit by the snake, by that serpent, if they'll look at that, they'll live and they will not die. God was giving us in the Old Testament a type, a picture of the cross of Calvary that you could look and live Uh, you could be bit by the serpent of sin, you could be bit by the venom of snake Uh, you could be a sinner by birth, by nature and by choice, but if you ever got to the point where you realize this is killing me uh, and I don't want to die in my sin uh, that there would be a place, there would be a person that you could could look to and find life. Amen. Now, one of these days I may come back and show you all the types of the Lord Jesus. But this morning, just quickly, because I'm keeping my promise to you. I want to look at this remedy quickly this morning. First of all, I want you to notice in John chapter 3 and verse verse number 14. Uh, Jesus tells Nicodemus this story reminds him and he said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I want you to notice that word lifted this morning. Uh, in this remedy in Numbers 21, God commands Moses, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make this uh, serpent of brass and I want you to lift it up. Uh, it was not the job of the snake bitten to provide the serpent of brass. It was not the job of the snake bitten to lift it up. It was not the, the job of the it was not the job or the plan or the provision of that one that had been bitten by a snake to do anything in the lifting part. That was God's plan, that was God's provision. Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, There was not a, if you get bit by a snake, here's what I want you to do. Make a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and lift it up. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're snake bit, you're not making anything, you're not lifting anything, and you're not doing anything. You are in desperation at that point. Can you hear me this morning? And so the plan of this serpent being lifted was God's plan. The provision of this serpent being lifted was God's provision. God did all the work in providing the serpent to be lifted up that they might look and live. It was God's doing. It was God's business. You say, preacher, what does that have to do with me? Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to make it on your own. Just trust what God has provided. He provided, he provided, a hill called Calvary. He provided an old rugged cross. He provided the Savior, the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. It was His provision, His plan that Jesus be lifted up. There are types, I won't get into all of them this morning, but isn't it amazing that it was the serpent that was a type of Jesus? You say, preacher, that kind of bothers me. The devil is a serpent. Sin is described as a serpent. And now you're saying that Jesus, I didn't say it, Jesus said, I'm like the serpent. As the serpent was lifted up, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's what Jesus said in John chapter three. You know what that reminds me of? He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus, and the Bible said this, cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. Jesus became our sin. Jesus became our curse Jesus if you're here this morning and you're saved there probably is some rejoicing welling up in your soul because he who knew no sin became your sin he took your sin he took your shame and he took your suffering but if you're here this morning and you don't know him I want you to know he did not tell you to go do anything he did not tell you to join anything to build anything to give anything to make anything he said I have provided all all you need, it is lifted up and I'm going to tell you this morning hallelujah to God, 2,000 years ago the Son of Man was lifted up, Jesus said if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me he was lifted up we sang it a moment ago, hallelujah, what a savior. And one of them verses said, lift it up, was he to die. I, I was singing that song as I come out of my study last night and had been studying this and I didn't know they were gonna sing it this morning. And they told me this morning, what do you think about this one? I thought, well, that'll be a good one. I'm glad God works all this stuff together. Lift it up, was he to die. It is finished, was his cry. And Moses, uh, God said, lift it up. And just lift it Let them look at it. It was God's provision. It was God's plan. That was God's part. All right, I'm not going to remove the serpent. All right, I'm not going to remove the bite alright I'm not going to take the serpent out of the equation because it's still the wages of sin is death but here's what I'm going to do in the middle of your death in the and I'm going to need a good quick amen right here and move on in the middle of your death in the middle of your depravity in the middle of your destruction and your disease and your defeat if you will look at what I've provided if you will realize you need what I've provided you say preacher I don't know what the purpose of a snake on a pole is it don't matter God provides it. and all we need to know is that we believe what God you say I can't figure that out I don't have to figure it out I can't understand it it ain't up to my understanding but God said put a serpent on a pole lift it up and tell them to look God provided Jesus and I don't know why he had to die I don't know why he did die I don't understand all of that but I took a good look at Calvary one day The remedy is that it had to be lifted. It had to be lifted. Reminds me of the song, Why Did He Go to Calvary? I think you sung it recently. Why did He go to Calvary? Why did He suffer? Because He had to be lifted. That was God's plan. Hallelujah this morning. That was God's plan. God's provision, it was God's picture. God was showing them in Numbers 21, there's gonna be another. There's gonna be another symbol lifted up, but he's more than a symbol. He is the fulfillment of this symbol. He's the Savior. Notice the second action that takes place. Not only is, is the serpent lifted, but then they are commanded to look. To look. And I thought about this, why, why would they, were they to look? Well, what are they afraid of the most? The serpent, right? I mean, it's everywhere, killing people. And God said, I want them to come over here and look at one that we've made for them. And what it was is that God wanted them to see how ugly sin really was. Look at it. And as they looked at it, they saw sin in its ugliness. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to hurry this morning, but 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 I, I need you to realize this morning that sin is. Death. Sin is ugly. Sin is vile. Your sin. My sin. Everyone's sin. It is what put Jesus on the cross. It was my sin that held him there. And, 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 and when Moses lifted up that serpent, and, and God said, When they get bit by a snake, here's the remedy. They go look, just go look at it. It's been lifted up, it's provided. Now they have gotta look. Look at their sin. It wouldn't take too long, then they could look at themselves. It wasn't my sin that placed him there. But then look at their Savior. The very thing that I'm terrified of is the very thing that's going to bring me life. Now, Jesus is no serpent, but I'm going to tell you something. He became our sin. And when we look at the suffering Savior on the cross of Calvary, when we see him there dying between two worlds, and we look, I mean, take a look at Calvary, we realize that he became sin. God turned his face from the Lord Jesus, and in those three hours of darkness, and the Lord cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Never had been a time in eternity past. Never had been a time in time. Never had been a moment where Jesus and God were separated. It was the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, three in one. It's not the equation one plus one plus one equals three. But it's one times one times one equals one. God is one uh, multiplied three times. One plus one plus one uh, equals three. But God is one times one times one times one equals one. There had always been one. They'd always been together. They'd always been in fellowship. But on the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus cried and the world, the sun refused to shine. God the Father turned his head from him and he said my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And for those three hours he went out into an eternity where God was not at forsaken of God. You say why? Because he became sin. He became my sin and your sin on Calvary's cross he said I want you to look at it and see it oh my is anybody glad for the day you look to the cross now I want to say a couple things about this we're close to being done we really are no one could look for you no one could look for you I can see a little boy maybe seven eight years old And he's been bit by by a snake. And uh, they brought him into the tent and they're trying to help him. And and, uh, mama's crying, daddy's crying. Said our little baby, bit by a snake. And he's gonna die. Oh, I wish somebody, I wish there was a way. I wish there was something that we could do. Has anybody got any medicine? Has anybody got anything that we can do? And maybe they tried cutting it and, and sucking the poison out and it didn't work. And, and, and here this little baby, this little boy, he's dying. And, and, and somebody declares from outside the camp. They come in and they, and they, and they run through and they say, I, I just want to make an announcement. Moses has just lifted up a serpent on a pole and, and, and this is the word that I've received. If you'll come look at that serpent on the pole that God will let you live. You can, you can find cleansing from your snake bite. I can hear maybe somebody in the house said, well, he's too sick to get him there. Well, you, Mom, you go look for him. All no, that won't work. Daddy, you go look for him. No, that don't work. I tell you what, let's do somebody pick him up and carry him. And as weak as he is, just carry him up to that place. Carry him to the foot of that cross. Carry him to that serpent lifted up. And son, we want you to know, you don't have to do anything but just look. You know what looking was? It's believing. You say it don't make any sense. It don't matter. Look anyhow. You say, preacher, I can't figure it out. It don't matter. Look anyhow. Son, just look, look, look. And when he looked, he lived. I can see. Maybe a 50, 60-year-old man and he's distinguished in the community and uh, everyone knows him. Maybe he's one of these Pharisees, you know, and, and uh, he's, uh, he's kind of like Nicodemus coming to Jesus at the cover of night, but the problem is, is he's been snake bit. I, I'm trying, are y'all still with me? He's been snake bit, and he's gonna die and it don't matter how much money he's got at this point. It don't matter how much popularity he's got. It don't matter his prestige because when you get bit by a snake and there's no remedy, That snake don't care who you are. It don't care how big you are. It don't care how religious you are. He's bit by a snake and they said, Sir, Moses lifted up a serpent at the command of God on a pole. And he said, If you'll look, you'll live. He said, I ain't about to go look at no stupid snake on a pole. Suit yourself. But that is the remedy. Is the remedy. Well, I'm not going to do that. That don't make sense. I'm not going to do that. I, I look like a fool. I'm not going to do that. People think I've lost my mind. All right, then die. I can see him as it gets bad. And he hears outside his tent, people are cheering and crying and worshiping. He said, tell them to be quiet out there. What's going on? Don't they know a the man's dying in here? Somebody goes out and said, "What's all the commotion about? Our father's in here dying. He's distinguished. He wants to die in peace." And they said, "Well, they said our our, our son was dying too, and he looked. Oh, hallelujah! Amen. He looked, and he's alive." And that man runs back in there and said, Daddy, I know you don't believe it, but I just seen an eyewitness. That boy was dying, but he looked. And now he's walking and running. Daddy, you got to. He said, I'm not going to swallow my pride. He's sitting in there dying. And he said, uh, on his deathbed. Oh, that's where all sinners are. All right. Y'all take me out there. (laughs) <laughs> and many many may have died without looking but y'all take me out there I'm gonna look, I can't figure it out I can't, I can't I, and, and maybe, you know what that sounds like it sounds to me like when, when God commanded Naaman to go dip in the, in the Jordan River and he said no I can't go do that that's foolish, that's muddy water and God said that's what I want you to do God, God's way is not our way Almost called it. And he goes and he looks. I say no one can look for you. No one. Uh, oh my. No one can look for you. You don't have to look, but it means death. So here's the first action. He's lifted up. Here's the second action. You gotta go look. That is John 3, and you can see it, verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth, that's that looking, should not perish but have eternal life. Numbers numbers 21, verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon. Let me ask you a question before I move to the last salt and be done. Have you ever looked? Have you ever looked at Jesus? They said this was the verse, uh, or, or the thought, this look at, at Jesus that put Charles Spurgeon under conviction. Said he went to a shouting Methodist church. He said, and he was from a, a formal church and he went to an, a shouting Methodist church. And they was shouting. And he said, give me a headache. How some of y'all feel when you come here. He said, but that shouting Methodist church had something. It had a preacher with a message. And that preacher with a message uh, preached to look and live. And He said, for the first time I looked at Jesus. And he said, I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked. He said, I never had looked at him. Oh, I'm, I'm nearly done, but I'm trying to tell you this morning. I thank God for the day that I looked at him. Amen. Here's the third action lift, look, and live. Just as simple. Live. Live. I preached last Sunday morning. In him, John, John 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. If you want life, it's in him. It's in him. It said look and live. People still got bit by snakes. Serpents still were around. God didn't remove the serpent. He did not remove the sting of the serpent. But now he has given a remedy. Now he has given an antidote. Now he has given a solution to the problem. Maybe a better word is a savior for their suffering. A savior for their situation. Is that if you look at him, you can live you can live I guess you could say this you come to the piano if you look at the serpent lifted you can live to be a witness my wife just stood here a moment ago and testified as a witness she said uh, I wondered is this all this real is it a fairy tale she said, February the 5th, 2008, is that when it was? She said, I looked. I looked. And I'm alive. Anybody else in here this morning got a date? Maybe you don't have a date, but you've got a day, a time. When you looked, and now you are a witness. Jesus does exist. Jesus does change lives. Jesus does heal. Jesus does fix. Jesus does redeem. Jesus does save. Oh, I'm glad this morning to go to church with a bunch of folks who have looked and lived to be a witness and to be a worshiper. And it's not that that snake on the pole was getting worshipped. At least he ought not be. But it was what it represented and it was who provided it. God provided that. God will provide himself a lamb. Yeah. Isaac said, Daddy, there's the wood, there's the, there's the burnt offering, but, but, or, or there's the wood, there's the fire, but where's the, the burnt offering? He said, Son, God will provide himself a lamb. Brother, uh, what's his name? Brother Andy Bell. We went to hear him preach Thursday night at South Avon and he preached, he preached uh, the Old Testament cry is, Where is the Lamb? He said, But the New Testament opens up. He said, John the Baptist proclaims, there is the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. He said, the Old Testament is asking you, where is the Lamb? We need a Lamb, we need a Lamb, we need a Lamb. He said, but the New Testament is proclaiming here he is. Behold the Lamb. I went home and thought about that. That's not the end of it. Because the book of Revelation, they're proclaiming, worthy is the Lamb. In the Old Testament, they're saying, where is he? Looking for him. In the beginning of the New Testament, they say, here he is. He's lifted up. He's high and lifted up. He's the Savior. But those that's been to Calvary, they ask the question, where is he? But Jesus said, here I am. They're on the other side saying, worthy is the Lamb. Oh, thank God this morning, there's some folks in here, they've looked, they've lived, and now they can say, Worthy is the Lamb. They can say to a lost loved one, Behold the Lamb. And they can say to the Lamb, Worthy is the Lamb. Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. God, those folks here today, They have looked and lived. There's folks here today, God, they have not yet looked. And they're bit by the snake. And it's killing them. And Lord, no one can look for them. I wish I could. But they'll have to look. But if they ever do, they'll leave this place shouting, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Lord Nicodemus was commanded you must be born again. Lord I pray God you take this thought and nail it into our hearts this morning you must be born again. Lord help us now in this invitation in Jesus name. Let's stand all over the building this morning. If anyone feels the need feels compelled to thank the Lord you can come. If you'd just like to you say I don't even feel the need I'd just like to then make yourself at home come find a place while these folks are praying this morning our heads are bowed our eyes are closed this morning I'd like to ask you a question is there anyone anywhere at all in the building this morning you'd say preacher I've I've never I've I've been looking at religion I've been I've been trying to be religious there's never been a change in my life would you slip your hand up no one's looking just just me Preacher, I'm lost, I know I am.